Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, as we approach the middle of the month, that's hard to believe, really. Uh, you know what that means? It's Eco News Week. Yeah, that's right. Um, and this time around, we're not only focusing on eco news in the U.S., we're also featuring a, a few local stories as well. So let's get right to it. So the first one we're going to talk about um, kind of goes back to a subject that we had talked about, let's say, towards the end of last summer, maybe early fall, and that's the invasive jumping worms. So this is the time of year you're probably beginning to prep your garden, um, maybe even planting them already. So I wanted to talk a little bit about signs of this invasive species and what to do about them if you find them. These worms can actually degrade your soil, which is why it's important to make sure you don't have them in your garden. Um, they'll change the texture into a very granular soil, almost like coffee grounds. And they can actually eat two to three times their body weight. So these coffee-like granules you'll see are actually what they excrete. And then when it rains, um, the castings and the nutrients they contain are washed away. So they're gone before plants are able to absorb them. And these nutrient stripped soils can lead to invasives like Japanese knotweed or stilt grass taking over your garden. Yeah, I think, you know, from what I read, it's the same as what you just mentioned. Um, easy chance of sedimentation. Um, so that runoff factor. Head right to the streams. So quick question, um, how do you spot these worms? Um, so they're larger than the typical earthworm and they kind of wiggle around like snakes. They have like a really fast motion when they're wiggling around. Um, they're often found in masses, but granular soil, so you know your soil looking like coffee grounds is a really good indicator. And then they also have that light-colored reproductive band around them, and it wraps the whole way around its body. So in regular like European earthworms, um, this band's reddish brown, and it doesn't wrap entirely around the worm. So if you're looking at them up close, that's a good way to tell what they are. Yeah, we should also mention that they're not the size of snakes. Just snake-like right. in their movement. Um, I think people easily confuse that one. Uh, I know, I think we saw even like a video or something that people were sure that there, there's a snake in the picture and they are like, oh, that's an Asian jumping worm. Like, nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> so um, not the size of snakes, just snake-like movements. So every winter these worms freeze and die but they have little cocoon-like things that they actually leave in the soil. So when it gets above 50 degrees in the spring, which now and probably for the last two weeks, it's been above 50 most days, um, they hatch out. To prevent bringing them into your garden, um, it's really important if you buy plants from a garden center or an outside source, um, you wanna make sure you wash off all the soil before planting them in your garden. If you're purchasing mulch for your garden, um, this is another really big one. You want to make sure that you're purchasing it from a reputable producer and you want to make sure that it's been heated to 130 degrees for at least three days. All right, so another quick question. Uh, what should you do if you do get them? Um, so if you find cocoons or they're in the early stages, you can use solarization. So late spring, early summer, you can wet your soil down really well and then cover it with clear plastic and if you leave it for three days to a week, it should heat the area up enough that it'll get rid of them. Um, you can also use a mustard solution to irritate the adult worms. This will help bring them to the top of the soil. 
Then once they come to the surface, you can pick them out and put them in a bag and dispose of them. Or there's also organic fertilizer made of tea mill. Um, a lot of golf courses commonly use it and it can be used to kill the jumping worms. So applying it like April or May, right about now, um, will kill the newly hatched worms. And then if you do it again in the summer, it'll make sure there's no more. All right, good information, definitely. Um, so I wanna talk about the uptick in bear sightings right here in Pennsylvania and even locally as well. Um, so spring, it always means that there's an increase in wildlife sightings, I think. And that could be for a variety of reasons from migration to mating. But there's definitely been an uptick in bear sightings. Um, even right here in the county, uh, I think a couple of different people in the office mentioned uh, right on Facebook, there's a couple of pictures of a bear visiting St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Montrose within the last few days. Uh, so people generally ask, like, what is likely driving the increase in bear sightings? So that's what I want to talk about a little bit. They definitely have spent the last couple of months in hibernation. So that means they're looking to add some weight to themselves. So they're going to head to your backyard. They're going to look for barbecues. They're going to look for bird feeders, garbage. Um, you know, this time of the year, that garbage that sits in your garbage can is going to be heating up. going to be making more of a smell than it did, say, three or four months ago back in the winter. That's going to draw them in. And not only that, so breeding season is here. Um, and to further your chances of encountering a bear, young male bears, they're looking to expand their territory. Um, so that also provides extra chances of you seeing them in your backyard. So I guess maybe a hit on how you can reduce your chances of you know, human bear conflict or you know having them in places that you don't want them. Yeah, sure. Um, so I kind of hit on these before sporadically, but uh, the first one I think would be bringing in your bird feeder, uh, your suet feeders. They really attract bears. Um, I think the, the birds are finding seeds at this point. So at least for the next couple of months, um, bring them in, just get them out of the way. Um, you reduce your chances of seeing bears when you do that. I think another one is what I mentioned about trash. So bringing trash outdoors on the day that it gets picked up rather than just leaving it out for a couple days. Um, and another factor is if you have outdoor pets, um, some people like to store their dog food or cat food on the back porch, um, but bring that in as well. Um, store that inside. So if you do encounter a bear, what should you do? Alright, so I'm not an expert in bears, but the Game Commission is. So these are a couple steps that you can take the game commission has put in place as recommendations for you. Uh, so the first one would be alert the bear. So that means if you see a bear, make some noise, let them know you're there. Um, don't get too close before startling the bear. Uh, another one is getting back. If you do have a close encounter, they mentioned backing away slowly, uh, facing the bear so you know where the bear is and how it's reacting. Um, they also mentioned that wild bears rarely attack people. Uh, one that's going to be hard in any situation where you see a bear is staying calm, but they, they mentioned that one as well. Um, so while you're moving away, you avoid sudden movements, talk to the bear. Yeah, don't turn around and try to attempt to climb a tree or run away. Another one they mentioned is paying attention. So bears, they'll use all of their senses to try to figure out what you are. 
Um, if they recognize you as a person, they might stand up or move closer. Um, the Game Commission mentions that this generally isn't a sign of aggression. Once a bear identifies you, it will usually leave. Um, some will even, they'll charge you within a couple of feet when feeling threatened. If this occurs, they mention wave your arms wildly and shout at the bear. Uh, and the last one, hopefully you don't have to do this, but they mention fighting back. So as I said, bear attacks are extremely rare. Uh, if a bear does attack, fight back. Um, people have been known to drive bears away by fighting back with rocks or sticks, binoculars, even their bare hands. So um, some good tips, um, but you know, be proactive. If you uh, pay attention to the first couple steps of you know taking care of your trash, bringing in the bird feeders, um, making sure the pet food's inside, you're not gonna have as many bear encounters. So I think the last one we wanted to do was just some local news um, out of Susquehanna County. The first one I wanted to talk about, um, Susquehanna County Conservation District held the annual Envirathon competition on April 29th at Elk Mountain. So we had 25 teams um, from five Susquehanna County schools. Coming in first place was Wasted Potential from Montrose Area High School. Second place was the Green Gang from Mountain View High School. And in third place, the Bald Eagles from Elk Lake. So the first place team will get to compete in the state Envirathon competition in Mifflinburg later this month. And all three winning teams will get to go on a kayak trip with SCCD in June. How many kids actually came to the competition? We had 127 students total. That's awesome. I think um, that's one of the higher numbers we've had in the last couple of years, right? Yeah, we were up from last year. We only had um, 15 teams compete last year from four different schools. So. Yeah, it was a good time. And we also appreciate all the volunteers that helped out uh, as well as the sponsors. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I uh, also wanted to mention a program called the K-10 program. Um, and this is news because uh, we'll get to it at the end, but this particular program, it's here to plant trees, even right in our back neighborhood. So I'll explain a little bit about the program first. Pennsylvania is a water-rich state. Um, actually, we have about 85,000 miles of rivers and streams, uh, and that really means a lot of natural water to keep clean. Um, so trees naturally reduce polluted runoff and stabilize stream banks. Um, really supercharge our streams ability to cleanse themselves of pollution so buffers planted along stream sides they really have proven to increase the stream's ability to process nutrients and organic matter uh, by up to eight times so our state streams have suffered from sediment and high nutrient loading for some time now um, and that being said this is where the Keystone 10 Million Trees Partnership was formed, and it was formed as a collaborative effort from over 215 national, regional, state, and local agencies, um, along with conservation organizations, outdoor enthusiasts, businesses, and even you and I. So um, the whole thing is to improve Pennsylvania's communities, uh, economy, ecology through the initiative of planting trees. So the 10 million trees, which is the equivalent of 96,000 acres of streamside buffers, um, they'll provide incredible 
pollution reduction benefits. Um, reductions from agricultural landscapes alone would include more than 4.6 million pounds of nitrogen reductions. That's incredible. Uh, they also mentioned that 22.2 million pounds of sediment reductions and 43,000 pounds of phosphorus reductions. And that's just an agricultural setting. Um, they're not including you know, commercial areas, um, development areas, that type of thing. Um, so how is the partnership doing so far? This is pretty key. So as of this recording, um, the Keystone 10 Million Trees programs actually planted 3,958,654 trees. So they're getting close to the halfway point of their goal and they've been planted statewide. Um, but on a local level, since 2018, uh, the 10 Million Trees program or partnership along with Susquehanna County Conservation District, many diverse landowners, uh, we've planted 4,102 trees and that's over 11 events in Susquehanna County and there's actually more going in the spring so we just got delivery mm, last week I guess it was and um, people are starting to pick up those trees and plant them as well so really awesome program um, so many benefits down the road I think and uh, there's a lot of different selection of trees that you can get if you'd like more information on the program and how you can obtain the trees um, to plant near your streams or tributaries on your property Contact the Conservation District. Nate Harpster is involved with that program. Um, I'll give you the number here. It's 570-782-2105. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>